Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. Welcome, everyone. We are the Geek Patrol, and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today, we're joining you from the asparagus and tofu smoothie pop-up booth that Brandon Olmstead set up across the street from the Screen Actors Guild picket line. I mean, these guys have weird, weird dietary taste, but he's selling the he's selling the heck out of these smoothies, Alan. You really, I mean, really need to retire from doing any of these, Joe. <laughs> I'm trying to, say, to solution, I, say, Brandon, I, got, I, I got another I got another truckload of asparagus coming in. <laughs> uh, no, I mean seriously, Joe. It's it's kale and quinoa. Okay, oh, you, you want to feed actors? You well, don't, don't get, know you don't give them asparagus. I, I mean, it, it smells funny later on, too, which is always good. So <laughs> That's where he was going. Oh, there he, you go. Oh, God. Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. <laughs> I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbert. And, and another our pal. Sunday of toilet humor. Absolutely. Uh, and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. Uh, of course, I mean, Brandon, we're going to talk about the Screen Actors Guild strike. Right. It, okay. Many people out there may say, big deal. How does this affect my life? Well, Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Oh, it does. You just don't realize it yet. We all consume media oh, no. and everything. But it will. But that's it, the ki- that's the kicker. Um, I am purposely not going to over tease. We have other notes here. Trust us, folks. We're not lacking for material, but we never know where the show's going to go. It always grows organically with a conversation <laughs> like this. And I have I have to believe, uh, Brandon, this this Screen Actors Guild strike is going to go in directions we didn't. Maybe we, even we had a seventy five minute conversation about it yesterday. Right. So, but uh, Max, you have a belated, uh, is it a feast day or a holiday that we need to acknowledge? Uh, holiday. Okay. Happy St. Swithin's Day. Belated, right? Belated St. Swithin's Day. Yeah, Cause, Did, cause, didn't we do that yesterday? Well, well, that's why he said belated, <laughs> because if you if yeah. you celebrate it today, we're stuck in a Bad Bill Murray movie. Uh, right. Did we do that yesterday? What uh, Do I hear the uh, Sonny and Cher on the... <laughs> So uh, originally, I thought you, I thought Saint Swithin was Saint Swithin, like the S I W V E N. Swithin. You said Swithin one time. Yeah, because I, I couldn't tell the way you pronounce, but it's S W I T H I N S. And I'm sure, Alan, I'm pretty sure I heard Saint Swithin mentioned on Rocky and Bullwinkle when I was oh, yeah. a kid. Okay, but but Max, St. Swithin's Day, it's very interesting because it kind of ties into a holiday we celebrate, right? It, well, it ties into um, <clears throat> Bill Murray Groundhog Day. It's pretty mm. much the British equivalent of Groundhog Day if you kind of break it down because, well, I'll read an, a poem that I had read the other day. Okay. St. Swithin's Day, if thou dost reign for 40 days, it will remain. St. Swithin's Day, if thou be fair for 40 days, will reign, name air. Or in other words, it won't it won't happen. Saints within liked rain, right? He's a British, British guy, right? He was a he was a British bishop back in the day, like around the tenth century. And the thing is, is around the time that he was to die, he said, "I would like to be buried in the I'm a par- I would like to be buried in a common cemetery, so that the rains of the heavens could fall upon me and I could be amongst my people." Well, for a hundred years, that request was honored, and then eventually they decided, "Hey." Ha- Let's bury saints in a little bit more of a grandiose place, you know, like maybe a cathedral that we built in honor of him. Right. And let's just say that St. Swithin didn't take the transfer too well. <laughs> so he cursed him with rain or and something? And turned around and rain for 40 days and 40 right. nights. Six, okay, so, but but you know what's interesting, uh, Max? I was looking at the... Uh, I was looking at the London forecast um, from yesterday, and man, if St. Swithin can come through, 
it's going to, for one thing, it's going to backfire on him, but it's going to be a great time to visit <laughs> London. Alan, it is going to be 70 degrees, mm. mostly sunny with a low of 59 for the next 40 days. That ain't bad. Mostly sunny. I'd take those temperatures any day. Bro. Britons won't like In that. In Great Britain, mostly sunny, they won't know what hit them. That's, that's... Why won't they like, who doesn't like that? I mean, Oh, they uh, like it. They, they just don't like get it, it very just, often. It's not, it's not natural. <laughs> They're going to get sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It's, 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 70 mm. degrees, mostly. So that's, I think, my favorite temperatures. I don't know, about 75 degrees is is a good one. You and I work outside a lot. Right. So. 70 to 75 is is pretty good. Okay. Well, we'd love to know how you celebrated St. Swithin's Day. Um, and did you, know. you do it multiple times? Right, right. <laughs> well, do they, do they have Not a St. Swithin's Day uh, movie like that or something? Um, no, because nobody over there cares. It was it was it was Rocky and Bullwinkle guy. It was hey, it was, <laughs> well, Max, we appreciate most, that. In fact, in fact, we probably know more about Saint Swithin's Day than most Britons. Yeah. Um. Hey. Uh. Th- th- I want to just throw one more thing out there because we got a, a minute or so. You guys. Uh. Apparently, Max. Max informed me of this too. This is this weekend is the 36th anniversary of the release of Die Hard. Which Technically, surprises 30, me. Four, thir- I'm a, it was I'm a 1988, not 1987. Uh, all right, we'll do the math. Whatever it is. It's the, it's the week. The, what's, what intrigued me is because for years we've been hearing the debate, is it a Christmas so, movie? And yet it came out in July. Yes. Hold on, hold on. Max, what was the year it came out? 1988. It would be the 35th anniversary, which is a round More number, noteworthy. which, is, which yeah. is something we would celebrate. Right. There we it's, go. But but the thing yeah. the thing is, it's funny because I bet in the collective consciousness of a lot of people, they might have thought it came out around christmas well, but no no it was a summer blockbuster it, it, no, back when no. we had those things joe so. back in back in the day when hollywood made a little bit more sense <laughs> they dropped movies about three to four months ahead of the holiday that they came out with horror movies came out at the beginning of the summer and they did that because that way they could show it on broadcast television later on with a syndication deal around the holiday well i'm thinking of it this would have okay back in the day. This would have come out on video right about Christmas, right? Because right. That uh, they did about a five CDs. or six month yeah. lead, right? Yeah. Sell those um, DVDs. Well, I mean, in the actually in that day, it would be hey, you, I got I got to make go to sure that I've got the uh, the hookup on the black box <laughs> so I can watch my illegal HBO. Okay, yep. so you guys know things, and uh, yeah. is this where Christmas in July came from? Is this no, no? That, what came first? Christmas in Ju- Christmas in July came well before Die Hard. And okay. technically, um, uh, what came before Die Hard was the novel, thriller novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, which is what it was based off of. Yeah, okay. and, and if you've ever read that book, you're, you're going to think to yourself, how did this movie ever get made? Because it's not <laughs> an enjoyable slog. But, no, Joe, uh, that basically means that you've got, you've got six months left in the year. Your final holiday is Christmas. You need to start prepping now. Okay, so don't drag your – and let's face right. it, it's just a way to, you know – sell things and, absolutely and all that so but i'm curious who I mean, started it. it it obviously i mean home depot has an arbor day sale it's all about commerce okay i don't even know what arbor day is. that's trees plants, trees right? trees, okay. trees dude all right hey but 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 interesting interesting historical stuff we're learning here on geek tank but uh we're living through a little history right now brandon yes uh, we the are screen actors guild strike it's it's different from one perspective because it's an, involving a lot of topics including artificial intelligence and the role that's going to play in storytelling and you better believe we're going to unpack that uh, when we come back next on geek tank radio you're listening to geek tank radio on 98 one the max these guys owe Jabba the Hutt a lot of money. The Geek Patrol is back. 
I got it worked out, you guys. We're good. You, 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 you do that. That's okay. Yeah. We already told him you're the one who dumped the spice. I'm loaning him my house for a weekend, and you know. Anyway, hey. Uh, anyway, mm. welcome back to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do to the place, but. Uh, then you get one of those new fancy uh, toilets. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth uh, and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And uh, Brandon, we are living through historic times. And it's it's not, okay, we've had strikes are in we? the past. But uh, I think the nature of the strike, okay, so we've had the writers, uh, Hollywood writers go on strike. We're what three weeks into that strike? Uh, and no, now, no, we're about five weeks into that. strike. Five weeks. Okay. Now the now the actors have gone on strike. Well, right. which can, which is actually two weeks uh, later than they were originally intending to, because they brought in federal mediators uh, and allowed them to extend the negotiations, and we see how well that went. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of the last time. I and, and Brandon, I don't pay. I I don't pay attention to the minutia. I know you're very good with the details right. on this, but I I do know that the nature of what they're what they're trying to you know what they're complaining about is different and i mean it involves all sorts of things that to me don't seem like they're going to be easy to rectify i don't know how long the strike's going to go on for uh, i mean they're they're saying upwards of 6 months i, I don't doubt it you i know, mean there's a lot I mean, of things to and that's just that's just the uh, the, the actors what they're uh, they're uh, the guessing is right now nobody can tell for sure uh, it'll really all depend on honestly it's going to be, depend on Signups for streaming services over the next few months. Hmm. So wait, what? All right. So check connect? this out. Check this yeah. out. One of the biggest problems that's going on right now is the fact that the writers and the actors are all looking for those residuals they lost when things went from being syndicated or just being shown as reruns on network television to being licensed to a streaming service where they don't get any residuals, any kind of compensation for the number of times it is viewed or how long it's on those sh those streaming services. That was one of the big things that they wanted is because... That's interesting because so, people so check are it probably out. watching it more on yeah, streaming. So, so check it out. Yeah. Um, we, given, given who we've got, you know, coming in November, we're going to go ahead and talk about Parks and Rec. Okay. You know, you've got, a, you've got an amazing cast on there. But the higher ups and the executives, the the you know the producers, the the main you know all, the main regular cast would get residuals from these shows if they're let's say it was showing on you know uh, channel thirty in the afternoon right. or TBS at night. Instead, NBC brokered a deal with Netflix, who held on to it for about four years, and then when that contract was up, it moved over to. Uh, Peacock, which is NBC's own streaming service right now. Yeah. The great, the, you know, the great minds behind all this, the, the corporate greed basically said, hey, we do this stuff with streaming licensing. That's not held in the, uh, in the contract with SAG-AFTRA. That's not held in the contract with the WGA. We don't have to pay residuals on that. Even though, like, like The Office, more people watched The Office once it was on Netflix than they ever watched it during. Right. I the, mean, the and, same, and they had billions the, of downloads, the and same yet with, they're getting uh, nothing for it. The same with, like, Friends and right. Big Bang Theory over on HBO Max. Right. These shows. Uh, that's pretty dirty. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, 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 it's underhanded. But, you know, but that's just, that's one of the many things that they're looking at. Uh, right now, though, they say that one of the biggest holdouts as far as negotiations is Netflix. Hmm. But. If they start losing subscribers and they start seeing, you know, uh, I mean, people, if people are going, you know, pulling away from there, 
they're going to realize, man, we may need to bring these folks back so we have new content in order to get, we need to go back to the table and negotiate. Oh, excuse me. I, Sorry, live radio, you, sometimes there's a sneeze. Well, you just made me think of something I never thought before, but go ahead, Brandon. Uh, one of the other big things, and this is something that we talked about for quite a while yesterday uh, off the air, and we've talked about on the show plenty of times, and that's the use of AI. Mm. They are trying to make sure that AI doesn't come along and replace your writers and replace your actors just completely. Disney actually put a proposal out to SAG-AFTRA uh, in the midst of these negotiations that, to take, you know, the background players, the dailies, and basically when they come in to do a, you know, a scene, rather than pay them the 50 to $200 a day and keep bringing them in as long as they need them for that continuity, they bring them in, they scan them, they get a nominal fee at the beginning, and then they never have to call that person in again because they can just, you know, use AI or, you know, or, you know your digital guys to just put it in there and then hold on to that person's likeness forever so they got the digital alan gilbreth and they can drop him on uh what you can right. you can be the background player on one show you can be the the crowd guy you could be the mad scientist on another one well no, well, no I mean, you only he, got paid for one yeah one and you you know that alan that would that would just make alan burn down a studio <laughs> yeah <laughs> well speaking of burning down studios uh, we need to talk about ron perlman here in a little while but mm. we're going to go ahead and and, and and I, I do want to, because I know Alan wants to wait, I just want to circle back. Don't let me forget. I have something where I'm actually almost going to take the side of the executives. I hate to say it, but go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, it's plain devil's Chill. advocate. Yeah. No, it's just a point you brought up. So. All right, well, it, it, look, at, look at your evolution of technology on this. At first, if you wanted a crowd, you know, you went to uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer and they're going to do Cleopatra. You went and hired 5,000 extras, and you had basically extra city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you wanted a cheering crowd, you had a million of them. Right. And then we got painting on glass. Welcome to Albert Whitlock. So right. if we didn't have a harbor with a ship, congratulations. You blocked it out, and he would paint you a harbor with a ship. Then we, you know, we, we snuck past Star Wars a little bit where... Again, Albert in his painted glass gave us amazing vistas, and CGI got started. Now, we're going to roll up to uh, Fellowship of the Rings and all that, and we only have 40 extras dressed up in battle garb, but we're going to record those 40 extras, and we're going to multiply them into an army of millions. Yeah, so you're playing... So, 50 rolls instead of one. You know, yeah. so in a in the in less than 70 years, we went from 5,000 extras down to about 40. And now, to be perfectly honest, with an AI generator, we don't need them. You know, this isn't going to be an easy thing to rectify, though. I mean, this is, there's a can of worms because of this AI stuff. And just the the way content is created and the way it's distributed is throwing a wrench into a lot of things. That's a perfect segue because I I want to I'm going to take the side of the executives when we come back and just and throw it out to the table. So, you're listening to Geek Tank Radio. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 981 The Max. Even the Riddler can't figure this show out. The Geek Patrol is back. And, and we take great pride in that fact. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners aren't uh, in that same boat. Riddle me this. Why are my ears bleeding? Yeah. 
Uh, I, easy answer. Hey, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends uh, Alan Gilbreth and Max Behind the Glass and Brandon Olmstead, who I'm not looking at because, you know, sometimes you, they're not all home runs, and when it's not, you uh, Brandon lets hit me a, know. You haven't even hit a double yet. <laughs> We're waiting on something other than you're a getting, bunt. You're literally getting tagged out between first and second, dude. I just can't let go of the uh, goofy rejoiners, and I never will. You'd have to pry him from my cold, dead hands. Hey, we before the hey, challenge. Hey, hey. Okay. If that's how it's got to go, I'll just replace you with AI. There we go. Hey, okay, so before the break, and obviously... Well, it's what's, funnier. What's the hot topic? We're talking about the Screen Actors Guild strike in couple with the uh, with the writer's strike of Hollywood. Now, you guys, I I will say one thing. You always, both of you guys, and including Max, you, you get me thinking about stuff. And, I, and we I, apologize I, to the audience because it's never a pretty sight. Well, Brandon, I had a revelation that makes, okay, I'm never going to side with these greedy executives yes, that basically are. starve out the artists. And so, our tendency is to side with artists and creatives. I mean, even, even you know, Meryl Streep, who gets mm. on my nerves, I'm like, okay, she's an artist. Pay her for what she's worth, that type of thing. However, you made me think of something. Okay, the argument now is that, okay, we have shows. Let's, the Office is a perfect example because it's The Office came out and it was on, you know, whatever night, Thursday night. Then it got syndicated. And then it, it really blew up when it went on streaming services, when it went on Netflix. Okay, well, Brandon... If you're the person, you, you talked about residuals, right. you get paid. Okay, well, if you if you syndicate a show that, let's suppose you syndicated in you know, or, Orlando or something, they're paying you. You have a, a verifiable source of income and you have a, a, a it's on one day, whatever it is. So what I'm saying so, so is tracking the money and distributing it is easier. When you're talking about streaming, you, it could be streamed a billion times. This How is, do you distribute this the This is money? the point where we talk about the fact that you don't know what you're talking about, and I'm going to go ahead and lay this out for you. Well, that's what I want. I'm Residual, trying to figure it out. Residuals come from the licensing agreement. There's a licensing agreement with, you know, WGX uh, TV Channel 30 down in Tacoma. Okay. All right. Every time you renew that license, money comes in, residuals go out. You okay. do the same thing with a streaming service. You do a licensing deal, but instead of giving out the residuals because it doesn't fall under the typical contract they had before, the studio keeps all that money. I'm not saying they should keep it. What right. I'm, no, no, what no, I'm no, saying no, is no. how that's, do you distribute how do you predict how the, many people are going to watch that's it? The that's the thing. You know. Those numbers are predicted in advance and put into the licensing agreement. That the studios then get the money for, but because it doesn't fall under the the syndication con, uh, clause in the original Actors Guild contract and the the original WGA contract, because it's not a syndicated show that will be, you know, fronted by advertisements, the studio gets to keep all that money. They shouldn't. Right. But that's the thing. It doesn't matter how many times it's viewed. Just like it doesn't matter how many times. Somebody actually sits down and watches the four hours worth of Bones that is on Cozy TV. That is paid for because of the advertisers, that is paid for from the residuals. Most of your streaming services have an ad-based system. You know, Netflix even has a commercial ad-based system now. Money could be brought from the, that ad revenue to give out the residuals that, you know, would have originally been given out if it was a syndicated show, which is why they're going for that. Netflix doesn't want to give it out. Bob Iger's, you know, over at Disney, he doesn't want to give it out. He even says that the actors 
and the writers are unrealistic in what they're asking for. Meanwhile, he's getting paid $26 million to sit on his butt and fire people. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, and say no to things, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, basically aggravate certain actors so far that they've already, you know, done videos talking about karma and knowing where he lives and burning his house down. Is this a result of because streaming is still a fairly new animal tech in technology? I mean, it's not. No, it's no, kind of new. This has nothing to do with whether or not it's a it's a new animal. They've known that this could be done for a while. Actors and writers and directors have been trying to get these residuals for the last three or four uh, you know negotiations. They can't. You know, they won't come off of it. You know, usually it's like you want to make sure that your people keep working, but we are now at a point where, you know, the writer's rooms, you know, you're, you have a series coming to a streaming. They don't do the 22 episodes a writer's room would normally be paid for to do it. They have you at home by yourself. You might be able to do a Zoom call with other writers who are working on an episode. You have eight to ten episodes, so you're, not, you're already getting your pay cut in half. And now where a writer's room used to be like six to 12 people is now like four. And to me, that... that zaps the creativity because right. you need people you need exchanging ideas off and, of each other yeah. and, and let's just be honest we went through the pandemic we all went through zoom meetings you can't get as much of a true you know uh, oh, reaction when you're on a zoom meeting no it doesn't work it that's doesn't. the reason why our kids fell behind while the school schools were closed i understand right. i completely agree with closing things down but it doesn't work as well as it could have yeah, yeah, and, and let's face it: if you're a studio and you don't have to pay for office space or for a, a, a meeting room for the right. for the, the but writers, that, but know. somehow that money goes into people like David Zaslav's pocket, uh, you know, Bob Iger's pocket, or Bob Chapek's, you know, back at that point, these guys they don't care about the writers. Somebody has already been uh, quoted as saying that they are going to extend the writers' strike until the writers start losing their homes. So that you know, they have to give up, and you know what? I think it's time to realize these other these writers, these uh, you know actors and everything, they can keep that strike going, but they can also find other forms of income. Yeah, those guys who are used to getting that twenty six million dollar payoff, they aren't making any profits from the studios because they don't have anything to put out. They're not going to be getting their money either. Um, we're already in a, in a climate where people don't go to the movies as often as they used to anyway. Yeah. Is this the kind of thing that could just finally, you know, we, this, we learned during COVID yeah. that you can live without going to the theater. Well, yeah. is this just going to slam the door on all that stuff? Or I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think the, the artists of the world will let that happen or at least they'll try not to, I don't know. but they're already, if it goes on too they're long, already right? encouraging you to go see, you know, live productions. Um, wait, live production? You're talking right. about like actual, you know, like Broadway plays. And I was like going to say, okay, they're, that's what they're saying. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we, there's more to discuss and we're going to do it when we come back here on Geek Tank Radio. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio on 98.1 The Max. The Muppets hate these guys. The Geek Patrol is back. That's a lot of people are ticked <laughs> off at us, right? I, I don't know what you did to them. I have a Muppet. You're he their biggest me. fan. I don't I was, know why. I was, I was fixing to say, no, it's you talking bad about them, and they just associate <laughs> us with you. Well, they, they can keep it to themselves. They don't to, <laughs> no, they don't apparently not. They, can't. they have their own show. Okay. <laughs> they make more money than we do. Uh, yeah, they do. No kidding. Now, are they on strike? Do Muppets fall under the... Uh, okay. Well, anyway, 
Welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And we're part of the, we're joining the debate that's going on uh, today about the Screen Actors Guild strike and the writers' strike. And Is it a I debate? mean, we almost need mm. we almost need two. Well, I don't know. It's it. Well, they're debating. They're trying to settle no, their differences. No, they're and, not debating. They're picketing. There's a huge difference. Okay. They walked away from they, the table. They debated a while back, and 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 you just said the one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on, Brandon. Yep. All right. It, it's a phrase called DOS, denial of service, yep. mm-hmm. and all sides in this are really trying to use that as a weapon. Right. Yeah. You know. So you, the writer. I don't care because you're not writing. I'm not paying you. You, the actor, you're not acting, so I'm not paying you. You, the service, the the streaming service, well, there's a problem that comes in there because I'm not selling you anything new, so you're not paying me. So denial of service has a way of cycling back around, and this is one of those pivotal moments where technology for good or ill is changing the industry. And I remember when Titanic came out and the dollar amount attached to it and the number of people watching the market really banking on Titanic to, well, not float. Hmm. And Titanic, the movie was a hundred million dollars to make. And, we're still talking about what a great movie it is and debating it, and uh, you know it made some it, it made some bank. It also proved one thing that America always seems to forget: never underestimate the power of teenage uh, commerce. Mm-hmm. Because teen girls who loved that movie went and saw it daily, oh, three yeah. and a half hours sitting in a theater every day to watch Titanic for yeah. you know three to four months. I think yeah. I saw it three times in the theater. You know, uh, well, so 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 Titanic yeah, one, was one was enough for me because um, I, I like to get the big drink. Mm. And when you got that much water, you, you yeah. don't want to damage yourself. Really yeah. <laughs> you gotta go. So you know, here this movie came. Here it was a massive change, but it was the hundred million dollar movie. Now let's fast forward to today, and a hundred million dollar movie is not even newsworthy. No, no. So the dollar amounts are massive, the the stakes are massive, and technology has once again thrown another monkey wrench in all of this. And you know the landscape, I'm afraid, is irreparably going to change. As well, a and it changes of this. frequently. Technology evolves every three or four years. We get something new. Well, into but the now mix. the human technology is having to adapt to it. And we're now caught in a cycle of denial of service. Well, and the thing is, like you said, I mean, we we learned during COVID you can live without going to the movies. And a lot of people have not gone back. And if you push it too far, people won't get, well, we we can kind of live without Hollywood. I hate to say it. Um, So I don't know. I don't know where I fall with this. But I think those executives are obviously just cutting deals that are pretty rotten. I got news for you. If I were a movie producer in another country, I would be getting on this. Yeah. Yeah, start cranking so, out your own content. So, so um, House of the Dragon, which uh-huh. is a, it's an HBO show, uh, it's a prequel to you know Game of Thrones, is still in production. It didn't have to shut down because the actors involved in it are equity members. They are part of the union in 
you know, the United Kingdom. Oh, interesting. They aren't part of SAG-AFTRA, so they are continuing to work. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, you know, it's like the way that they shut down everything, the actors all got up out of their seats at the premiere of Oppenheimer an hour into the movie and walked out. Oh, because that's when the strike kicked in, right? The yeah. strike kicked in, they left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, here, uh, you know, we've, we've got people now, you know, who are part of the SAG after who are telling you, it's like, hey, we can't promote our movies. So, uh, studios are going to lose money left and right. I mean, we already have a, an abysmal box office right now. The right. Flash, which, you know, mm. the WB was basically putting all their eggs into that basket, is losing the studio over $100 million. This is the biggest loss that Warner Brothers has ever had in their 100-year history. Yeah. We already are done, you know, just shelling out our money left and right to anything that you throw on the screen. Yeah. Now you're going to, you know, so there are, you know, they're already hurting. If you don't have the content, though, to sell to the services, you know, uh, we've seen Netflix will bring in things like, you know, like from Korea, you know, with Squid Game and, and. There's like a thousand different things that are uh, filmed in Europe that are on Netflix right now that, uh, yeah, it's just... Well, that's what I'm wondering. As consumers of media, Alan said it. I mean, if you're a foreign uh, filmmaker, why not take advantage? Like, okay, well, it opens it up for us, and maybe we'll actually get better content. Maybe we'll get... Maybe the mainstream will get more of the affected to see um, anime as the quality production piece that it Uh, is. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's... that's, I I just think it's interesting. Max Max is nailing it right there, though, with, you know, the fact that people are going to search out... uh, They're going to search out content. Right. And that's why the next couple of months, as far as streaming services go, they've got to keep a look on the numbers. If you, more people cancel their Netflix and subscription go to Crunchyroll, to go to Crunchyroll, yeah. then are signing up for Netflix because they're searching out content, Netflix will come back to the table. Hmm. Disney Plus will come back to the table. You know, Iger just said, you know, it's like our biggest problem, you know, the shows we're doing for the streaming service are, are you know, they're taking away from the films. But those streaming numbers are what you need to look into. Well, that's where the money comes. That's where the revenue comes from. And the thing is, is if you want that revenue to keep growing, you need to make sure that the people creating your content are taken care of. So, in other words, we're not seeing a quick resolution to this, right? We're going to see this drag out for a while. Like I said, you know, six months easy. Okay, very interesting. So that's what we have to look forward to, you guys. And we'll uh, keep you updated, guys, as more stuff comes in. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be kind of bleak. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> good sign-off. But whatever <laughs> it is, uh, it's over because we're out of time, you guys. Mm. So until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Ellen Gilbreth. I'm Maximilian. And until I can replace these guys with an AI of my own, I'm Brandon Olmstead.